Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before we get started, you know I cannot move forward with an episode without thanking you guys for listening. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out there in podcast land, you choose to listen to mine and leave me your ears for about an hour once a week or so, and I really appreciate that. We are now on episode 51. We are over the milestone with episode 50 with Chef Babette Davis for our Elder's Wisdom, and I appreciate you guys for your feedback and listening um, to that as well. I also appreciate you guys checking out the website. I know I launched some stuff, some products and some recipes and video diaries, but we'll talk about that after the episode. But let's talk about Kiwi the Beauty. That is this week's episode. Now, Kishana Durham is how I met Kiwi the Beauty. I met her a long time ago um, when we were in high school. We met her in the 11th grade when we were at Stevenson High School. And um, we took a couple of classes together, but the class that I definitely remember because Kiwi was kind of shy, too, but I think she just stayed to herself because she was assessing her surroundings because we both transferred in from different schools. But with Kiwi, we actually ended up bonding over a video production class, and I knew back then that Kiwi was going to do something regarding media. I just didn't know what. So to interview her as an accomplished blogger, I thought it was full circle, you know what I mean? Like, you know, from kicking it in video production and fooling around with the journalism aspect and how to, you know, cut and create things. You know, Kiwi came back on my show as a person who, you know, is able to do a full service um, brand with, you know, traveling and lifestyle. And um, she's working on holistic and beauty. And she also is a photographer. So she has a lot um, going on that actually relates to how we first ended up being cool. But also, um, more about Kishana. She is a free spirit. She's a writer, and she's also a content creator of KiwiTheBeauty.com. Now, again, we call her Kiwi around these parts, but she's a quirky media, beauty, and lifestyle blogger, and she basically um, does this beautifully um, through her perspective and camera lens. And like I said earlier, she's more than just like, you know, the typical blogger, oh, I got a website, and that's it. She's an online personality. Um, she's also being the face of a major campaign, which will, um, a couple of major product campaigns, which we'll talk about in the interview. But she's, again, a photographer. She's a freelance writer, a hostess, beauty editor, curly girl advocate. You'll know her from her hair. If you've ever seen her around Atlanta, you know Kiwi when you see her because she always has big old curls, which is beautiful, by the way. And she's a friend, lover, and most importantly, she is wanting to be your favorite blogger. And she definitely has a work ethic that definitely reflects that. Now, the big hair campaign or product campaign I was mentioning, um, she did Miss Jessie's. I was there for that. We'll talk about that in the interview. Um, she was also a previous beauty influencer for Family Dollar and Dollar General. She's currently a Carnival Cruise partner. I told y'all she does travel. And she's a current Disney blogger and more. Now, what's special about these uh, recent accolades is that she was basically selected as one of the groups of bloggers in Disney. is pretty exclusive. You'll hear about that in the episode as well. She was one of 25 and they were selecting 25 per round to cover Black Panther as well as A Wrinkle in Time. And as you guys may know, these are two major, major films that are currently breaking records in theaters. And it's really important because representation matters. And it's really important to not only be alive for something as dope as this in a time where, you know, the climate isn't really so friendly and inclusive, 
But it's cool to be in a position like Kiwis to actually go behind the scenes and get the skinny and get the scoop and kind of meet the people that are a part of it. So, um, you know, it's history at the end of the day, you know. So with that being said, I will let Kiwi tell you her story and we will chop it up from there. Enjoy. Peace, y'all. I'm speaking with Keshana Durham, also known as Kiwi the Beauty. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Maria? I am good. Now, like, Kiwi is, like, no stranger. I've known Kiwi for a very long time, and I'm really proud of her uh, and her success. So for those who may not know who Kiwi the Beauty is, who is Kiwi the Beauty? I am Kiwi of Kiwi the Beauty. I have been blogging since around 2012, but the word blogger just seemed like it's so multidimensional. So I am a blogger, but I'm also a lifestyle and travel influencer. I write, I take pictures. And most importantly, I just try to um, inspire people to live their best life. And I'm also adding holistic wellness and beauty to my platform soon. But overall, that is what Kiwi the Beauty is encompassing of. Now, I remember back in the 11th grade, I know we had a couple of classes together. And I remember journalism, or was it video production? It was video production, if I remember correctly. I think so. So it was really cool to see how you go from video production, which is, you know, dealing with some type of aspects of journalism to now you that that's what you do. So, like, is that back then, did you kind of have an idea of wanting to be a journalist back in, in high school or did it come afterwards? I just wanted to be in media. So, no, I did not know I wanted to be a journalist until after I graduated from college, which is ironic. I got my degree from Clark Atlanta University with public relations. But even then, when I went to college initially, I wanted to be an actress. I don't know if you knew that. I took drama I did. and everything. So <laughs> I thought I wanted to be an actress. So that was my initial aspirations when I was a teenager. And then when I got to college and then I um, started actually taking drama classes, I realized I don't want to do drama. Like, I don't want to do stage plays and all that. But I knew I wanted to stay. I've always just had this heart for media. And I never, I don't know what happened in high school. I don't know why I wasn't taught what public relations was. But when I figured out what PR was, and if you don't, the people out there don't know what PR is. It's basically the people who help build the brand and promote it and give a person or a brand the exposure, positive exposure that they need to maintain and keep it circulating. I realized, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And it sounded cool and it sounded glamorous. I'm like, I don't have to be an actress. I can just be a publicist. So I did go to school for PR. And then after I graduated, I did PR for a little bit. But then I I I was always doing my blog. Like I had blogs in colleges and everything. But I don't know, just something clicked in me when I started working in corporate and being a publicist and doing all this stuff, I just it started to feel like why why did I why am I doing this? So then I um I don't know the blogging thing just came natural. Then I started to write for a magazine, and then I just started to write for the magazine. Then I started to do my own blog. Then writing. Then I realized I'm like oh my god, like everything I'm doing is writing related. So that's when the journalism aspect started to kick in. But back to the linking from what I'm doing now from high school. I've always been into media. That's just something that's been a part of me since I was a little girl. Like, I used to even, if I think about it now, I I try to, I know it sounds so lame, but I would try to write letters to Nickelodeon Studios. Um, that's when Nickelodeon was popping. And I yep. was, like, writing them <laughs> letters to try to connect to them. And I was just always writing, writing in a journal, writing letters to different things. Like, writing has always been a part of my life. So I don't know if I just ran from it at one point. 
But um, writing and photography, so that's how the blogging thing blossomed because it was like my two loves was like mixed into one. So then I became um, a blogger, which basically we are the new journalists. So that's just how that all linked together. That's dope. I remember, um, I, I don't remember you being in corporate too long. How long were you in your corporate job before you decided to move on to writing for the magazine? I'm glad you said that. Um, like, I don't know if y'all, well, if if anybody's out there who was trying to get a job from 20, 2008 and 2009, it didn't matter what field you were in. I graduated at, in 2009, so at the height of that was the recession, right? So when I when I graduated from college, you know, it wasn't easy, but my internship um, turned into, like, a little job. But that wasn't what you considered corporate. That was a PR agency. But then a little bit after that, like, the recession hit, I lost that job. Um, then I did start to do some corporate stuff, which was nothing in related to media. It was for, ironically, for home foreclosures. Like, it was this... Um, program to help people to um, foreclose on their home or to, to get into some program after they foreclosed on their home. Very boring, boring, boring stuff. But the ironic part about that job, um, and this was a temp job, and I'm not going to get too much into that because it has nothing to do with what I'm doing now, but even, um, and I'm, I'm very metaphysical, so even with me doing this corporate job and not related to media, not related to what I want to do, but I just needed to check because I was desperate and I needed some cash. Um, the guy hired me because he said, you know, he's seen that I had my degree in public relations and my goal was to do this, un, you know, this customer service oriented corporate job, do some underwriting. And then he wanted to hire me once I was out of my, um, tent program and he wanted to hire me as a junior publicist or do some kind of PR work with that company but what's ironic is I never got a chance to because I ended up getting another job right after that and then that's when I started working for a tech company for like a year but you're right Maria I didn't work in corporate America for long so I want to say in my whole like in my whole after college career probably two and a half years in corporate. While I was in college, I just, you know, I was a grinder in college. So, yes, I had a lot of corporate jobs in college, actually. I had a lot of little corporate America-ish jobs. Don't want to talk about them because most of them were not related to media. So I've <laughs> been there, done that, wrote the book on corporate America. and um, But I always knew that my heart was going to be in the media field, and me being an Aquarius will not work well in corporate America, can't be in the box, can't be a drone, you know what I'm saying? I have to yeah, be I know. I have to be, you know, I have to be free. So I already knew, like, I've done these corporate jobs. I feel like I would rip my hair out if I stayed there. So I'm, I'm just so grateful that I was able to get into the world of blogging, realize my freelancing, writing, and photography talent, and, and that I got into blogging early enough for it to become my career. Because if I would have tried to do this now, and I'm just being honest, and I believe anybody can make whatever world they want, but I'm just saying me, I think that if I would have tried to start blogging like now in 2018 versus when I was doing it, I probably wouldn't have never thought that I could make this a career. I would have been like, oh, how do I you know, quit my job and do this in 2018 because then I would have to start from scratch. So I feel like I've been doing this since 2012, and I was doing it early enough to, you know, make a name for myself, do it when it wasn't like a influx of people doing it and kind of 
you know, make a name for myself in Atlanta and, and to grow my brand this long so that I was able to make a career then. Because if I were to do, I'm not saying that I couldn't, but I think if I were to try to do it now and work for a corporate job and try to do it now, I think it would be a little bit difficult for me. But, yeah, that's how that went. You know what? I'm glad you touched on starting in in, in the whole oversaturation because there's a lot of saturation everywhere nowadays. Yes. And social media is making everybody yeah. everything, which is a good and a bad thing though. Like it's good that everybody feels like you know they can break the chains of a standard job and to do what's really in their heart. But it's a bad thing because people are moving into fields that don't I don't think resonate with them. But it's like what, right. what's cool and trendy, and right. so the people with the actual talent you know, I guess they feel like they can't shine like they want to because there's other people making a mockery of it or kind of just getting in it and then just stumbling in it and is making it seem like that, oh, well, God, my my field is getting flooded with people or I can't be the personality that, that I want because, you know, there's so many people doing it, you know, but I just feel like it, it is a good time. I don't want to be cliche and say it's a good time to be alive, but it's a good time to make a name for yourself and it's a good time to brand yourself in any field because now you don't have an excuse. You know, like it's too many avenues, it's too much social media, everybody has a voice, and this is how it should be. We all should have our own voice and do what really resonates with us. With us. Right. You know, I, I totally agree with you on that. And even with it, it being a situation where you have a pro of people, you know, being able to have a platform, you could turn yourself up, like Trinidad James says, or <laughs> you can have a negative where you feel like you might be lost in a sea of faces, videos, accounts, themes, hashtags, et cetera. So how would how did you stand out and what advice did you give to those who might be struggling in that sea of, you know, feeling like they might be lost? Funny, I had to do a blog post on that, um, for a campaign. So I can really speak on that. Um, yeah, it's again, it's and like I said, I'm kinda of metaphysical, so I don't wanna talk too deep into my metaphysical thinking because it may not resonate with people who are not on that wavelength. But I will just say this. Everything comes down to consistency. It doesn't matter what field you're in. Um, people are so concerned about competition and who, what other people are doing, and that's how people are um, losing sight of their own goals, and that's why they're not succeeding because you're worrying about what this person over here is doing or you're trying to emulate what someone successful is doing instead of doing what's supposed to be for you. if Or you're second-guessing that what you have is different and you don't think no one will like it, so you're trying to blend in with the crowd. So it's a lot of factors why people are not or feeling like there's competition or that they can't break through. But for me, just for me personally, I, again, it's just so funny how this blogging world is working now because everybody, like, when I was doing it, Marie, I don't know if you remember but, like, no one cared. Like, I would try to – I remember back in 2012, I would t- try to tell people to read my blog. Look, I'm trying to tell people to read my blog now, and people don't care. They just care about what celebrities I took a picture <laughs> with. But, and I'm just being honest. No, like, I can relate. I can relate. I feel you. You know, they, 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 they don't really care about what you're doing. They just care about what journey you're on or who you're standing next to, which is fine. That's what social media is for. People just want to see. They don't want to read. They don't want to see how you got there. But for me – um, how I, um, I guess, stood out was, first of all, when I started blogging, and this was accidental, I just was, I didn't even have a, and I still don't have a lane lane. Like, I tell people I'm a lifestyle beauty um, travel blogger, right? But lifestyle is pretty broad. Um, but I already knew I was going to do that. And that, again, if you think of on a bigger scale, that's not different. There's lots of lifestyle bloggers out there. There were lifestyle bloggers in 20. Um, 2012, you know, so what did make Kiva the Beauty 
stand out? Well, for one, again, I go by my nickname, Kiwi. That was that stood out enough. Like, people was like, oh, you're named after fruit. That's the conversation started. Two, just me. Like, I just... I just made um, I made my brand. Like, I made sure I was in the forefront of what I was doing. So I was a girl running around events in Atlanta like this. Oh, my God, around that era. So I wasn't working. I was kind of, okay. So even though I didn't work in corporate America anymore, I was hustling in 2012. When I say hustle, not what you think hustle, but I <laughs> worked at some kind of startup company, and then I worked as a hookah girl, but I still was trying to get my blog off the ground. I was very serious about it. And, you know, and, again, I, I didn't have kids then. I still don't have kids now. But I was just like, look, while I'm young, you know, I'm going to do all three. Why not? You know what I'm saying? So I did this, the you know, the, the startup job. Then I did my nighttime job and my weekend job. And then in between that, I'm still trying to go to events. So how I stood out was I just made my presence known in Atlanta. You know, I didn't have much. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I mean, I just was the girl with the camera, and I was the one just hashtagging, and if somebody would invite me somewhere, I would just show up, you know? Like, I didn't just say, oh, I'm not going. I would go. Like, I'm like, okay, what event is that? I don't care. Just, I want to go. And I would take a picture of it, and I would, you know, put all my enthusiasm into it, and I would blog about it. So I started building a network, you know? Um, And that's what people are afraid of to do in it, you know, in the blogging world now. People don't want a network. They just want but for me to stand out, I just I just started to go to every event possible like crazy. Just like okay, someone's doing this over here, some celebrities doing this. Just show up, and I would meet so many people, and then that they would have to just know me, not my blog. They just knew my face, and then once they saw my written work and my photography and stuff, they appreciated it because again back then blogging wasn't like it was now, so they actually appreciated the online aspect of it. I didn't have a lot of followers, but some people, especially if they were like an up-and-coming um, publicist or something or some event that didn't have a lot of traction, they were just grateful that my, m- me, my platform was w- willing to write for them. So they were just happy that, you know, because some outlets are like, no, I'm not doing that event. No, I'm not going here. But they were just happy that I would just give them a chance and blog about it. So I made a name for myself, just putting myself out there, showing my face, grinding on top of having two jobs, you know. So that's how I really got started <laughs> blogging, just by running around with a chicken with her head cut off, basically. But with her that's what I did. It. And then, yeah, I was about to say that, too. So then on top of that, um, I've been natural since 2005. Yes, I was perming my hair when we met, Maria. I think you were, too. Mine we was, did. too. I went natural. I got my last perm August 31st, 05. Yep. Yeah, so see, I think around the same time we went, I think October we sure did. of 2005, <laughs> I went natural. But see, nobody knew because I was wearing, there was no there was no YouTube videos. There were no products. It wasn't. I was Mm-mm. wearing half wigs, and I was, <laughs> no, I'm being honest. I, was I can relate. Half, I was wearing half wigs, and I was going to Dominicans to flat, flat iron my hair because I couldn't, I wasn't going curly. I didn't go curly to 2013, so that's another thing. So I started blogging in 2012, right? And people can verify this. You can look back in my 2012 um, blog or my social media, and you would see that Kiwi was a straight-haired girl. People always thought I was curly, and I keep trying to remind people, no. In 2013, (laughs) I just made a conscious decision. I'm tired of straightening my hair. I need to go heat-free. And I fell in love with this product um, called Miss Jessie's. And I'll get into a little bit about that later. You can bring it up. I don't know how you're going to transition the show. But when I got the Miss Jessie product, it changed my life. And I never, I'm not going to say I never, but 
it made me really love my curly hair because I was like, what have I been doing all these years, like, to my hair? And I've always, like, even when I wore half wigs and stuff like that, I was wearing curly half wigs. They weren't straight all the time. So it was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that my hair could curl. So what happened with that was I started getting the Miss Jessie products, and then my hair became, like, a trademark. So not only was Kiva the Beauty walking around, just blogging or this girl who blogged, but then my hair, because I didn't just wear my hair curly. Like, you know how everybody's, like, wearing cute, defined curls? I wore it. It was um, curly, but it was big. So back then it wasn't like that. Hair. It wasn't having oh, yes, curl was, control girl. back then. I remember. Oh, well, well, I just wanted, I, I wanted my hair big. You know, like a lot of people were kind of not even doing what I was doing. They were just kind of looking for, I think, the fun curls, too. I don't know. I don't really remember. I just know me. The bigger, the better for me. I was like, oh, my God, I love my big curly hair. And that really set it off. And I wore my hair with confidence. And that's circling back to what made me stand out was that my hair, you know, ironically. And I wasn't trying to be in the hair world. I'm not. A, I tell people even now, I am not a natural hair blogger, even though I get a lot of hair opportunities, I guess because I wear it so big and proud and it attracts a lot of attention from brands. But my hair, just that became one of my signatures. And my hair got goddess locks right now. But when I take these out, I mean, everybody knows me. Like, I can be, like, five miles away and somebody can point me out with my hair. So my hair became one of my trademarks. It's just, I'm the curly-haired girl, you know? So, And I wear it big. I don't just, oh, here's curly. And it got if it's flat, I hate it. So I made <laughs> my hair kind of my trademark, and that's what got me a lot of attention. But anyways, back to what I was saying. So to make myself stand out in the blogging world, I was persistent. I grinded. I showed up at a lot of events, and then, I started getting a lot of attention with my hair a lot. And then that's when Kiwi the Beauty really took off. And I'm glad you mentioned that's when it took off because I remember seeing things start popping up here and there. If I remember correctly, I'm not sure what the order was, but it was, I think, what, Hype Hair or the Hair Magazine? Um, no, I'm going to tell you what happened first. So back to the Miss Jessie thing. Um, so, and this is... And like I said, I'm very metaphysical, but I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in um, things just happening just because I think immediately when I decided to go curly, my life started changing for the better. Because um, I didn't even quit my the write, the magazine job yet. Like I was still writing for the magazine too, I think, around this time. Like I was, or I just started actually, around this time, 2013, I was just kind of starting kind of get my feet wet with the magazine. I won't name it because I don't work for them anymore. But um, I started, you know, being a writer for the magazine, and then I was blogging, and then I quit the hookah job, um, and I quit the other job. So I was just really writing for the magazine and writing for myself. So I'm basically into journal. I'm a journalist at this point, right? But, my, you know, I, I had my hair curly. And remember I told you the Miss Jessie product changed my life? So mm -hmm. I went to a Miss Jessie event. And and I have to tell this story. I'm going to make it short. But it was so funny. So Ms. Jessie, remember I was telling you guys, I would go to any and every event. Ms. Jessie around this period was known for her orange bags. Like she was just, because a lot of companies wasn't doing this. A lot of companies, you know, were not marketing. Ms. Jessie was a beast at her marketing. Like she would have an event. She would have these events at different places, but she was known for giving out these orange bags with a bunch of samples in it. So even 
if you never use, you know, her products. And again, Miss Jessie was one of the, matter of fact, she was one of the first natural hair products out there. That's a fact. All these other companies coming out now, they need, Miss Jessie's paved the way for them. But um, when she was doing it, she knew people didn't try her products out. Her product was mad expensive, like very, <laughs> I'm being honest. So she knew that. The company knew that. So they would have these orange bags and have a bunch of samples. But they had this big event in Atlanta. And I was like, I want to go because I need to get me, because they, they said the first, they said the first 50 people get like two full-size products or something like oh, that, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I need a product. Like, That's like $75. Basically. So I was like, I'm going to be the first one there and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to get a product, all right? And this had nothing to do with my blogging or anything. This was just for my hair. I just wanted it. And so... I get to the event, and I'm literally, like, the first one there in the room. Like, I'm such the first one there that they were still setting up. And the guy who was um, setting up, he was trying to get me to leave. And <laughs> he was not getting me to leave, meaning that he was like, I know you want to sit here, but I need this area for, like, the bags. Right. And me being me, I'm like, oh, I've been here. I'm the first one here. If I get up, I'm not going to have nowhere to sit because people started to sit and have their spot. This was at, I don't know if people remember Bar One. If there's any Atlanta listeners. There's a place called Bar One. This was Peter from Real Housewives of Atlanta spot. So that little back room was very, very tiny. So I'm oh, like, if I get there? up, I'm not going to have no work. Huh? Yeah, it was it in was the tiny. Oh, it wasn't man, even in the small. main room. Yeah, it was in that back room. I don't, yeah, it was another thing going on that night, long story. But we was only in that cramped up room. So I'm like, if I get up, I'm not going to have nowhere to sit. So I started protesting with him. I was just like, dude, I don't want to get up. Like, I've been, I was the first one here. I don't want to get up. Like, I don't want to have to leave this event because I had to get up. And so he was like, you know what? Come here. Like, instead of, like, fighting with me, he said, come here real quick. Real quick. Just come me outside. Do you know that I went to, with him? Because this is the guy that's um, part of Miss Jesse. He was setting up the stuff. He said, come me outside. So when I went outside, he actually handed me four products. <laughs> he handed me four products and a T-shirt. And he was just like, yeah, this is for your troubles. I didn't, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to, you know, move you. But he's like, I love your hair. Now, here's the funny part. I was wearing a half wig, a curly half wig. Because I don't know. I don't don't think I had the products at the time. I don't know what the hell. But um, I was. he thought it was my hair. But it doesn't matter. I was still curling my hair at this time. But he was like, I love your hair. And I told him I was a blogger. And he was like, oh, cool, 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 you know. And I said, if you ever need some help, like they were doing like ambassadorships where, you know, you go to events and help volunteer and pass out the bags. He's like, yeah, hit me up. He gave me his number. He gave me everything. He's like, if you ever want to, you know, do a Miss Jesse event, just hit me up. I hit him up, but I hit him up like five months later, right? This is going to be important. So I hit him up five months later, and it was like the, you know, the jazz festival in Atlanta, right? Yeah. No, it was House in the Park. I'm sorry. I oh, missed okay. Jazz Festival. Yeah, so I I went to Jazz Festival, but I didn't help them, and they was passing out bags there. But my silly behind didn't even think to hit them up for Jazz Festival. I don't know why, but for House in the Park, which is another um, big event here in Atlanta, I was like, I want to do something. Hit me, you know, I want to help. But he said, you should have been hit me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, mind you, this is still not on no blog or nothing. This is just on some, hey, I'm a volunteer. You know, I just want to be down with the cause. I didn't think nothing of it, but there was a girl's poster board. And, Maria, I can send you everything because this, cause I know you're into metaphysics and spiritual stuff, clearly. You're a spiritual homegirl. So you get where I'm saying. But yeah. this synchronistic thing that happened with this moment, this, this kind of changed my life. I went to House in the Park, 
and I'm passing out this bag, but I see this beautiful girl, and she was a poster. She was the poster girl for Miss Jessie, and she just had this beautiful curly long hair, and I remember looking up at this picture, and I actually took a picture next to her, and I, I promise you, Maria, after this, I'm sending you this picture so you can see what I'm talking about. I was just like, I would love to be on a poster like this girl. Like, I was just, like, admiring how beautiful she was, and I was just like, God, if only I can get my hair to shine like her so I can be worthy enough to be on a poster. I wasn't thinking about nothing about my blog. I remember, I told you I just wanted to be an actress. I just wanted to do it. You know, I just wanted to model my hair. And so um, two months before, I think I made a vision board with um, Miss Jessie and hair modeling or something. But I was like, God, this is on my vision board. You know, God, this girl is so lucky. I was just saying this over and over to myself. This girl is so lucky. This is going to be me one day. I, I This girl, she, like she had a poster, like a, uh, uh, this this poster was like 10 times, this, it was like a massive poster, you know, I was just like, this is so, and she's at this big park, and all these people can see her, it was just beautiful, and so, do you know, three months later, I'm thinking, Miss Jessie's, the actual owner contacted me, and she said, hey, I want you to do a photo shoot for uh, my own, it was like the Christmas she was having like some kind of Christmas campaign, and she told me, you know, I know you really like my products. You know, I see that you've been, you know, using social media. I think I've been bragging. Oh, here's another thing. So after I got the Miss Jessie products, I couldn't stop talking about Miss Jessie's either. Everywhere I went, everybody loved my hair because I was embracing my curly hair more. And people just kept saying, what are you using in your hair? I'd be in Target. I'm like, here it is right here. This is the exact product that I'm using. And it was the um, Jelly Soft Curls. Um, that was the product that I was sending. I'm telling you, I was like, and I kept saying, if I refer one more person to Miss Jessie, she's going to owe me a check. I kept saying that. I said, she is going to owe me a check because I am, like, promoting her out the yin-yang. So, anyways, she hit me up, and she was like, yeah, I'm going to pay you to do this online campaign for my stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's going to pay me to do an online campaign for Christmas. <laughs> she got the check. There goes the check, and there goes the synchronicity. But, again, I'm not thinking nothing other than an online campaign. I was just happy that she asked me to do something outside of volunteering. Again, none of this is blogging related. She just, I guess, liked me. I don't know, because I'd never met her even then. I never met her. This is all through email, and this is still through the guy who I had the so-called beef with at bar one. You know, this, he's organizing all of this. And it was a cute little photo shoot. It was very nice, you know, cute. And I had my other friend that was there with me. It was very nice. But then um, my one-year blog, this is all going to make sense. So my one-year blog anniversary came up, and Miss Jessie, the owner is called, her name is Miko Branch. She came to me, and she said, um, how would you like to host an event at Bar One? Here we go, full circle. A year before, I was fighting to go to this event. And then the following year, she wants me to host, and not in that back room, the whole freaking place. This is, you know, my Miss Jessie party. Like, she said, I want you to be the host, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the exact date was my one year that I was blogging with KiwiTheBeauty.com. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the same date as my party. She said, well, why don't we make this your blog anniversary party? I was like, oh, my God. I was like, why not? And so I met her, and this is where this is all going to come full circle. She said, Miko, the one who owns Miss Jessie, I met her for the first time at the party. She came all the way from New York. She said, I have something to tell you, Kiwi. And I was like, what? She said, you're not doing the online campaign like you think you are. And I said, so what am I doing? She said, she showed me the picture. She said, this picture is going to be in a magazine. And so the hype hair that you're telling me about, she said, you're going to be in a magazine. So that's, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But then two weeks later, she was like, 
yeah, Kiwi, you're not only going to be in a magazine, you're going to be on a billboard, and you're going to be in, like, six other magazines for the year. Like, basically, I was her hair spokesperson. So with that being said, I have to thank Miko Branch because she catapulted my blog off of, I don't know, because not only was I her model, but she featured me, like, on all the ads. It had Kiwi the Beauty. She put me as a blogger, so my blog just started to – go crazy. This was 2014 at this point. So that whole year, 2014, I was basically the Miss Jessie spokesmodel. Like that girl I said at House in the Park. So that girl was the spokesmodel that year. I was the spokesmodel the next year. And I'm just like, my God, this is how the universe like works. The man, So the manifestation, I spoke it into the universe. It came true. But that's how my blog is kind of catapulted. Miss Jessie's just having my curly hair, believing in my curl pattern with this product and just putting it out there, that that right there got me so much press and publicity and so much money came up out of that. It was just amazing. So I have to thank Miss Jessie for, you know, even giving me the exposure at that time period because I was a nobody, you know, like, and, again, I'm not saying that's how everybody should get put on, you know. Everybody shouldn't just start a blog going, oh, I got to be a hair model and get discovered by a hair company. That's how I'm going to get put on. But I say that to say you have to speak what you want. I was speaking a lot of stuff around that time. I don't, not even knowing that it was going to come true. I was just like, oh God, I just wish I could get the exposure. I wish I can be this and look what happened. I was able to be that. I spoke it. So, you know, and like I tell people with that, that in Miss Jessie, you know, I'm no longer Miss Jessie spokesmodel, but I still have a good relationship. But Miss Jessie did not stop my blog from being what it is today. You know, like I had to keep going. So, I thank her, I thank the brand for giving me that exposure, but that just gave me more drive to keep going and keep speaking things into existence and keep, I guess, manifesting more opportunities for my blog, and that's how I am here today, Maria, with with that. You know, I have to thank Ms. Jessie for starting me off, though. That's good. It looks like an opportunity to pay it forward ended up transforming your entire brand. and It did. With that, what was I mean? That's basically like worldwide exposure. You know what I mean? Like Miss Jessie's is not an American brand; it's a worldwide brand. Yeah, and she was one of the first. And I remember being there for that party. I remember you sure that. Were. I yes. sure was there. Yeah. Because remember, see, it wasn't in that back room. It was the whole. Room. It was the main room. It was yeah. It was I definitely the whole remember that. Room. Yeah. It was thick. Yeah. So thank you for coming to that. You sure did show up for that. So thank you. Cause I remember being like, I'm so proud of her. I remember when she was doing this and she was starting off. And now, you know, I was like, shit, Kiwi is on. But now, four years later, <laughs> Kiwi done met Oprah. So before we get to Oprah, obviously Miss Jessie's was a pivotal point in your career as a blogger. Obviously, that basically mm-hmm. put you like 180 degrees ahead of the game. You feel me? So when it came to other opportunities, because I know you've also um, done like Post about, you know, resorts, post about cars, post about other events. So how did that end up um, morphing? Is it a situation where you're like, hey, I want this opportunity. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to, you know, put it on my vision board. Like, how did those opportunities end up manifesting? Well, I mean, I always make vision boards every year. Um, that's just something I've, and I guess, again, um, and I know we're on a spiritual your platform is very spiritual. So I, I don't know why I keep saying people are not on that level. Whoever's listening to you, Maria, should be somewhat on this level of um, just knowing things ain't what they seem on this earth. You can't just think that, oh, you know, I'm doing something and it's just 
the universe is listening, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of made vision boards. I I won't always say I wrote my stuff down all the time, but I've always I'll put this way: I always thought highly of what I can do and my abilities if I had the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And I always just kind of I'll just put it this way: I feel like I'm an accident. No, I'm not even gonna say an accidental manifester. I just, I kind of manifest without thinking about it sometimes. Like, I'll think about something and be like, oh, that actually came true. Ooh, that's cool. And not in a bragging way. Like, sometimes I don't get what I want. No, I don't. Like, I get told no a lot. But besides manifesting, besides vision boards and all that, I always tell people that you can manifest, you can put things on a vision board, you can write things on paper, you can chant on your altar all day long. You know what I'm saying? But you got to put in some work and you got to have an energy about yourself that you can actually um, do it. So for me, while I was trying to manifest other opportunities and stuff, I was still grinding. So I, you know, at one point, like I said, I had to quit the magazine to put all the energy into myself. And that took a a sacrifice. You know, I had to really sacrifice, um, you know, well, I'm not even going to say really sacrifice. I either had to put, a lot of energy into this magazine, or I had to start putting more energy into Kiwi to Beauty. And guess who I chose? I chose Kiwi to Beauty at that point, especially when my hair campaign came off. And I was still trying to, um, you know, give energy to this magazine. And I felt like the more that I was giving to this magazine, I- I'm going to be honest, I just felt like they weren't appreciating what I was doing. It's almost like I felt like they didn't want me to get certain things. I'm not saying that it's true, but they were so – I just put it this way. I put so much energy when I do stuff because I'm a creative person. I can just think of things and creative ideas. And, you know, I can make things come to life as far as, you know, doing magazine editorials and beauty stuff and fashion, all that. And I didn't feel like I was being shown my worth with that company. So I said, okay, Key to Beauty is about to have to, you know, Miss Jessie gave me a paved way. I'm not saying that, oh, I, you know, Miss trust me. Miss Jessie did not set my life straight either as far as I, I could just sit back and relax and not work. I still have to work. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to quit this magazine and work for myself. And while I'm, you know, writing things down and vision boarding, I just had to um, keep putting myself out there. So I would just, even what I'm doing now, you know, I would have to just keep getting, you know, I'll put myself out there to get the opportunity so I can blog more and, um, it's a process. Everybody thinks blogging is just taking pictures for the gram and, you know, being cute and doing fun things. No, it is work. You know, I got to write. I got to edit photos. I got to attend these events. I got to network with people. I have to come up with creative ideas for some campaigns and stuff. So it's not always glitz and glam, you know, but that's what everybody, just like I told you earlier, nobody wants to hear that you're really working behind the scenes. They want to see that, like you said, I took a picture with Oprah or I got a billboard, and that's just, ooh, look how easy Kiwi got it. And now I'm going to go be a blogger. Or being a blogger must be fun because she gets to take pictures with celebrities or she gets to be put in magazines. No, I work, and I still work. Like even right now, Marie, like before you called me for this interview, I had to work today, you know, like everybody else. I may not be in a cubicle or an office, but I had to work on my brand today. You know, I had to do some things for Disney today, and I have to do some things for some other companies before I go on my trip. But that's what people don't see. They they see, um, they see because that's I'm, and I'm not gonna lie. That's what Instagram is for at this point. Instagram is for <clears throat> you to put your best self out. Social media, I should say. Most people when they put stuff on social media, it's not a hundred percent all of what they're going through. That is 
the, the best part to you. That's the best part of your week. That's the best part of your day. This, these are the highlights of your life, which is cool. But no one's taking a picture of me grinding it out till 5 o'clock in the morning. You know, no one's taking pictures of me while I'm typing for hours and hours and hours at a time. No one's taking a picture of me editing photos or, you know, stopping what I'm doing to go to an event, go to that event to come home and to write till 5 in the morning again. You know, like no one's taking pictures of that. So um, for me, yes, I do manifest. I do write vision boards to do stuff. But let me make it clear that Kiwi works hard, and I don't sleep like normal people. I have a weird sleeping schedule because I have to grind for my dream to manifest this stuff because manifestation doesn't work unless you work. So Mm -hmm. honestly, yes. You know what I'm saying? I do know how to manifest. I do know how to write things down. I can put things on nice little vision boards. You know what I'm saying? And I can speak things into existence. But none of that works. None of this stuff came true until um, the universe realized how hard I was working as well. And I'm talking about physical working, physical energy being put out for me to get the opportunities that I've gotten. So I have to pat myself on the back for that because this is, like I tell people, (laughs) blogging is not for the weak. Blogging is not for the lazy. Blogging is not for people who don't want to work. If you just want to take pictures for the gram all day, then do that. But don't expect... Um, you don't expect to have longevity. You know what I'm saying? That's that's not how it works. But yeah, for me, um, again, I can manifest, and we can. I don't know how deep we're gonna talk about the manifestations, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's how I um got a lot of what I had accomplished. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because social media is a, and I've talked about this with Dr. Giselle Cunningham about the social media matrix and how it can create a false reality. It's very easy to show the end result without showing the hard work. People seem to be overnight successes when it's actually 10 years in the making, 15 years in the making. So um, sometimes people have to, you know, live in their car sometimes. Sometimes people are broke. You know what I mean? So a lot of times people will see the end result and not even know what people have gone uh, have gone through to even get there. So that's why I like doing this podcast because we get to get people's, I mean, people's um, stories and struggles, obstacles, and triumphs. So people have a better understanding of, hey, everyone's all connected. We go through things just like you. These people that you think have it easy and it just kind of popped up overnight, no, they were in the same position that you were in, you know what I mean, or they're currently in a position that you're in. So I really like being able to get down to the authenticity and the transparency of the people that um, are doing well. And I appreciate the honesty, but respect to understanding that manifestation requires work. I totally believe it at 100%. Thinking... Faith without works does not work for me. It doesn't. So I feel you 110% on that. Now, when it comes to Disney and A Wrinkle in Time and and the whole Oprah situation, how did that happen, though? Because at this point, you've been grinding for, um, let me think, it's been 2012, about what, four or five years? Five. So how did that end up coming about? Okay. So before I talk about Wrinkle in Time, I got to talk about Black Panther because that's what I manifested first to get even put on with Disney. So back in 2000, and yeah, this is just last year. So in the blogging world, everybody knows that Disney is like a top tier. Like, yo, I think in any industry, if you get to work with Disney, that's like, that's one of the biggest brands in the world, right? It's Disney. Mm-hmm. In any aspect that you put it, Disney is one of the biggest brands in the world. So, and Disney has been working with bloggers for as long as I've been blogging. No, for longer. They've been doing this for 10 years as far as getting bloggers together and organizing certain trips for certain movies and different opportunities. 
And honestly, I started to get discouraged because I felt like, dang, I'm never going to be able to work for Disney until I have kids because most of the people on the trip, and even now, even when I went to Wrinkle in Time and Black Panther, it's majority mommy bloggers. So I was like, at one point I said, you know, I know as soon as I become a mom, I'm going to um, be able to work for Disney. But then, um, this is, I'm telling you, manifestation is so real. Like, you got to, and once you realize you can do something or you really want something, you got to really believe that you can have it. But um, so there was a girl I saw um, a little, like, early 2017 or maybe late 2016, but she was not a mommy blogger, and she was black. And this is important, and no disrespect to Disney, but, you know, Disney, I'm just going to be real. This is not disrespect. This is facts. Disney usually picks majority white people to go on press trips, majority white. And that's just how it's been for the last 10 years. There'll be a sprinkle of black, but it's majority white women um, that go on these trips. So when I saw that she was black and she didn't have kids, that instantly gave me hope that I can eventually go on a press trip. And so I found the contact. Someone was um, gave me the contact to the Disney PR people. And when Black Pan- oh, here's another thing about Black Panther, too. So, And I just knew that the Disney trip that I'm going to go on was going to be Black Panther. Like, I, I just, I didn't know, but... That's what I was gung-ho on. I had broke my hand in 2016. So I was supposed to be in the Black Panther movie as an extra, but I broke my hand. So I was pissed because I don't know if people know who's listening, but Wakanda is Atlanta. Like, they filmed all of Black Panther in Atlanta. So I felt like I was owed a Black Panther something. And so my (laughs) mind went from, okay, I couldn't be an extra on set because I broke my hand because of a car accident. But I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. Disney is going to have, because Disney and Marvel, well, Marvel is under Disney, so I'm like, uh-uh, I'm going to Black Panther. They're going to need a lot of black bloggers, and they don't need mommy bloggers. They're going to need just a bomb blogger, and I just kept saying, I know I'm a bomb blogger, like, and that's not even being cocky. I'm talking about I know that I could produce some quality work to impress Disney if I was given the opportunity. So, um. I got in contact with the guy um, who um, who organizes the Disney trips, the publicist, and you know I just introduced myself, and you know um, that that doesn't that didn't mean anything. Like you know he would just he put me on his blogger media list, meaning that he'll send me newsletters and stuff like that. But he has several hundreds of bloggers. Like he probably has uh, thousands of bloggers on his media directory list of who he can pick and choose or whatever but i just wanted to make sure that you know i put the bug in his ear hey if black panther is an option for me to attend just keep me in your forefront of your mind he's like well we'll let you know blah 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 right and and like i said i have to talk about black panther before i talk about wrinkle in time because this is important um because like i said black panther was the one i needed to manifest black panther is a billion dollar movie and hasn't even been out a month yet so it's one of the top ten movies in the world, and I can say that, you know, this was a monument for black people. But before these numbers even came out, I just knew I wanted to be a part of this. So Black Panther, the, 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 here's the thing. So the way media selections work in the blogging world with Disney is it's called pixie dust, where you just get an email and they say, hey, you're going to L.A. for such and such event. And the day that they were doing it, and they picked 25 bloggers each time, it was almost like, how do I explain it? 
I don't know. You know how Willy Wonka, I, I know it's so silly. But you know how <laughs> the, when golden was the golden ticket that's and they was though. hoping that they were getting the golden ticket. And that's the only analogy I can think of. I'm sure there's a better one. But everybody was like, oh, my God, did I get the golden ticket? Did I get the golden ticket? Oh, my God. All I'm talking about all day long, I was waiting to see. I was checking my email like crazy. But I'll, remember, I'm, I know other bloggers. Or I'm in, I'm in different blogger communities. Like, the blog community is small. So I'm seeing different people going, I'm getting picked for Black Panther. I'm going to Black Panther. It was so many people. Not so many. It was only, they're only picking 25. But at least at this point, they had picked 19 people. And at this point, I was just like, and this was on a, I remember this was on a Friday. They picked 19 or 20 people. And I'm just like, oh, my God, they already picked, like, most of the people. And I'm sitting here like, oh, my God, I am not. Gonna, I said, am I still going to be able to go? Like, he still has to pick more people, but he stopped. I'm like, what the heck's going on? So me and my friend, because um, we both we are both um, bloggers who don't have kids, we were like, let's see if he's going to pick one of us, right? Like, it was almost like, you know how they have, like, the pageant, too, where it's like, who are they going to pick, who are the last three, or who are they going to pick or whatever for the last top ten yeah. beauty Miss America, whatever, we were, like, in the waiting, like, which one of us are they going to pick, whatever, like, or are they going to pick both of us? Like, we were both, like, online, like, this was on a Friday, and I'm sitting here spazzing out, like, oh, my God, this is it. This is, like, if my manifestation don't come true, then it just don't come true. But I'm, like, like I'm telling you, I felt like I'm waiting for my golden ticket. So that Friday, I didn't hear nothing, and I said, I can't do this. You know, I said, I can't upset. And I almost did. I was like, you know, maybe he'll do it Saturday. Like, maybe they're going to announce Saturday. They didn't announce Saturday. Sunday came. They didn't announce nothing Sunday. But you know what I did? Because I almost got mad. And this is important about manifesting. I almost got really angry. My friend who also was waiting, she started to get very angry. She was was almost getting me angry because we were both like, this is BS. You know, Disney still don't want people with kids, blah, blah, blah. And and I I almost went there. I'm like, no, no, no. They're still... I said, you know, I started to shift. I started to shift my thoughts instantly. I said, no, I'm not going to give up. Like I said, I'm not giving up. Maybe Monday he's going to pick me. You know, Monday came. I think he picked two more people. And then you know what I did? I said, you know what, maybe it's just not meant to be. I'm letting go. I literally let go, Marie, Maria. I let go, and I said, you know what, if it was meant for me to go, I would have went. And I, you know what I started doing? I started to congratulate all the bloggers that I personally knew. And I didn't let no hate, I didn't let no jealousy hit me anymore. I said, no, because I need to be happy that they picked, on this trip, they picked um, out of 25 bloggers, they picked at least, I want to say 18 black bloggers or something like that. They picked mostly black women. So I, I congratulated most of all the bloggers that I personally knew, and I let that hate or that jealousy out of my heart instantly. And I said, no, I have to be proud because this movie is going to do something special for the community. So whether I win or not, I said, I have to be happy that these girls are going to represent for black women journalists. So that's what I did. Do you know the next day I got an email at 2.30. I wasn't even thinking about it no more. Let it go. Disney sent me an email said, you're going to L.A. for Black Panther. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I think I was like the second to last person to get picked. It was crazy. I was like, I can't believe it. And then that's how I manifested that. So while I'm getting ready for my Black Panther trip, like I'm up here getting ready to go to L.A. for Black Panther, I get an email that says, oh, in the same process that I did for Black Panther, it's the same thing I did for Oprah, I mean for um, Wrinkle in Time 2, because I'm like, all right, I want to go to Wrinkle in Time 2. Like if I don't get Black Panther, I at least can try to <laughs> try for Wrinkle in Time. But this is before I knew um, I was going to Black Panther. I was trying to manifest Wrinkle in Time at one point. So I'm getting one of these. I'm like, I'm getting one of them. 
I didn't know I was gonna get both, girl. So <laughs> while I'm getting ready, like literally two days before I'm getting ready for Black Panther, I get another email that says, "You're going to L.A. for Wrinkle in Time." And that's when I lost my mind because I'm like, how did I not even get this first trip out the way and I already manifested wrinkle in time? And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm one step closer to Oprah. You know, like I'm like one step closer to Oprah. And that's when I started to freak out because I'm like I wrote on my vision board, I think, three years ago. I can't even find that board. But I think I did put meet Oprah on my vision board like three years ago. So, yeah, so that's how I manifested just Disney, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Disney manifestation, that's one of my biggest manifestations. Like, this this year, just starting off with, like, the biggest thing. I thought my billboard was one of my biggest manifestations. You know, this Disney, these Disney trips is one of the biggest things I've ever manifested in my life. And now that I manifested Oprah, now I believe that I can manifest anything. So, now that I know I was going to Black Panther and Wrinkle in Time, which is the movie that Oprah stars in, here's the catch. When you, because when you go on these trips, like, there's no guarantee, like, so you get an itinerary. Disney gives you an itinerary, and when I say they give you an itinerary, they break down, like, everything that you're going to be doing for the next four days. Like, your day is blocked up with stuff. But they tell you who you're going to interview. They tell you who you're going to meet. They're going to tell you, they tell you everything. Um, So they did tell me, like, three days before I went to L.A. for Wrinkle in Time that we were interviewing Oprah, Reese Witherspoon, and Mindy Kaling. They did tell us that, so that's I'm like, oh my god! But, but when you do the interview room and it's like when it's like that, you don't because I learned this from Black Panther. You don't you don't get to take selfies with the the um, celebrities when you're there. Like you get to take one big group shot, but you don't get to take a picture with the celebrities at all. Like you, I mean, you you don't you can't take a selfie because you'll be wasting their time. Because remember, it's 25 of us in the room. That means all 25 of us would be needing a picture with all three of them, you know? So they was like, okay, take the group shot, but you're not going to be able to take a picture with Oprah. So don't even, they, they made sure to let us know, don't even try to ask Miss Oprah Winfrey, can you take a selfie, or you will never go on another Disney trip. You will be blacklisted, and, yeah, you don't want to do that. So we knew ahead of time we were not allowed to take a picture, like individual pictures with Oprah when we was in that group. So what I did, this is what I did, and I have this proof too. I wrote. On my manifestation journal, I only have three things in this manifestation journal. But the second thing I wrote was to meet Oprah and to take a selfie with her. Like it was on that piece of paper because I already knew I was going to meet her, but it was the meeting her with a selfie. Like I wanted her to look me in my eyes and <laughs> take a picture with me. That was my goal. So we did the group interview, saw her. She actually shook my hand. We actually sat next to her in the picture, but I didn't get a selfie. But I, this is what I said, Marie. I said, because two days later was the actual red carpet party or whatever. I was like, I'm going to take a picture of Oprah at this party. I said, if Oprah goes to the after party, like she's actually there, I said, I'm going to meet her. I am going to meet her, and I'm getting my selfie, and that is happening. And and that's exactly what happened. I met Oprah at the after party, and it's not. it wasn't that easy. It wasn't like, okay, she's at the party. Check your hand. Here's Oprah. It was a battle because it's freaking Oprah, and she was surrounded by people, and everybody was trying to get in touch with Oprah. Celebrities was trying to get in touch with Oprah. But, and I have to say this, Oprah is one of the most calmest, humblest people got to be on the planet because everybody was pulling her. Everybody was pulling for her attention, and she was just so calm. And I was just like, geez, if I had all these people around me, I'd be spazzing out. Like, everybody was trying to get this woman's attention. And, 
then she started walk. So there was a there was a section where Oprah had her own little table, but she was accessible. Like this party was basically you you had to be somebody to be at this party. So she was pretty open. But when she saw Angela Bassett, she um she was starting to walk away. And so me and my friend, when me and my blogger friend, we both were into manifesting too. We both looked at each other. We said. We're gonna have to follow her. We're not gonna give up because we both. And she's pregnant. The one who was with me, she's like six months pregnant. She's like, I don't care if I have to stand up for an hour and a half. Again, this is a pregnant woman. She's like, I am gonna get my picture with Oprah. So we we made a decision that after you know her and Angela talked, like we said, wherever Oprah go, we gonna go. So we kind of stopped Oprah for about a good another ten minutes because she's walking and talking and taking pictures, but. The pivotal moment happened, and right before she actually, because she was, we didn't realize that she was walking out the building. Like, she was walking out to go, I guess, leave, go home or whatever. I think she had, like, she had, like, four or five more pictures that she took. And literally, like, she was about to leave. When I got to her, my friend, the pregnant one, she got her picture first. I was like, oh, my God, if she got her picture, I'm getting my picture. And literally, right after my friend took her picture, I bolted. I was like, I'm getting my picture with Oprah. I asked Miss. Oprah Winfrey, I said, I said, Oprah, I know you're busy. I said, I'm one of the bloggers from the other day. Do you remember me? I said, I, I, I said, I know you got a lot of people on you. I said, I just want to take this one quick picture before you go. And I just, I will never forget that she said, yes, she said, yes, of course. Like, you know, even, even I can tell her eyes, she was tired, but she did not tell me no. She said, yes. She took the picture. She smiled. She didn't give me that fake phony smile. And she did it. And I thanked her and that was that. I mean, I manifested Oprah, but I also, ugh, that night was just magical. I can go on and on and on about that night because everybody wants to know about Oprah, um, but that's how I manifested Oprah. I manifested so much stuff that night. That was, <laughs> that night was just magic into itself, but yeah, that that's how I met Oprah, though. That's a pretty interesting story that came from just something as simple as I'm pretty sure back in the day, you know, when Oprah was on TV, you know, as a little girl, you probably saw her after school and was like, yo, it'd probably be really cool to meet her. Then, you know, as time goes on, you get into, you know, blogging and journalism and you realize, you know, Oprah low-key is, is with the shits when it comes to being a respected figure in the world of journalism and talk show and just TV and media and film and lifestyle and everything. So, ironically, you are in, you know, lifestyle, blogging, travel blogging, um, hosting, things like that, journalism writing yeah. so yeah. then you know you end up putting oprah on a vision board what three years beforehand Mhm. also oprah came here in 2014 she had the life you want tour and i was actually one of her media correspondents and didn't get a chance to meet her none of us none of the media got a chance to meet her but it was a i don't know if you remember that or if you was a part of it or came to it but that you do, do you remember it i remember that tour it was sold out quick but it was so it was so massive, and she hasn't done it since. But it was like a massive law of attraction like conference, and you know, even when I applied for media, they told me instantly yes. You know, like I found the email contact, they gave me prime seating, they gave me a lot of swag. It was nice, but I was so mad. There was people who saw Oprah. I didn't even see Oprah. Like people were like, "Oh, I saw Oprah. I saw Oprah." And I, you know what I said then? I said, well, if it's meant for me to op- meet Oprah, I'll meet her. And I said, it'll be a pivotal point in my career. I know I'm on the right path the day that I meet Oprah. And so for me to meet Oprah, I didn't meet Oprah just any old kind of way. I had to get sent by Disney. And I already said, if I get sent by Disney, that means I'm doing something right in my career. And so for me to do one of Oprah's most creative movies that she's ever done and meet her, 
in this whimsical mo- movie of Wrinkle in Time, I just felt like, you know, like manifestation is powerful. That movie was even about manifestation. And if anybody knows Oprah, if you really hear her talk and do her Super Soul Sunday, that's all this woman talks about is the law of attraction and manifestation. So it's, you know, so even Oprah is her own manifestation. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, her own imagery she probably never thought that she was going to be this big but Oprah manifested so high and so strong through all of her you know trials and tribulations of her life Oprah Winfrey is who she is because she's a super manifester so I just feel like you know if I can meet Oprah and I can you know get around some of that energy now I know that I can manifest a whole lot of stuff you know so that's where my life is at now it's not so much oh I met Oprah she's not Jesus you know what I'm saying she didn't tell people this so she didn't give me two million dollars to go start jump start my career some more but she gave me some good energy just to let me know that I'm on the right manifestation path and if I keep going I can manifest some great things like her you know so that's what I got from meeting Oprah to be honest so I'm really glad that you got um the meeting from Oprah as something deeper? Because I know that sometimes people that do meet big celebrities or, or you know, maybe not necessarily a freaking, you know, multi-million billionaire media maven empire, you know, reaches across the world and has a generational reach like Oprah. But I do know sometimes people will meet celebrities and they'll get caught up in the fact that it's the person they met versus the the lesson from the actual encounter. I have to because, first of all, Maria, as you know, again, I meet celebrities all the time, all the time. So after a while, you real and I get it. Here's the thing. I get it. We see these people on TV. We see them in movies. And we idolize them or we, we admire them. We we admire we're really what we're doing is we're admiring their manifestations and their accomplishments, which is a good thing. But even when I met Oprah, like, even when she came in, before I took the selfie, when I when she, we did the actual interview, did I say that? That Yeah, we interviewed her. When she started talking, Oprah is a person. She's a human being. She has a soul. She wants to laugh. And I don't even, like, what I got from it, when I got from me and Oprah, she wants people, I know it's hard because we're just so used to glorifying her, but I think people want... I think Oprah wants people to look at her like a human being and not this, oh, oh, you're Oprah. Like, I think she's probably sick of that, you know? Like, I think she is happy that people admire her, but it's like, shoot. And I think here's the thing. Oprah knows she got money, but she don't flaunt, she don't flaunt it. You know, she, don't, she can buy whatever she wants ten times over, and she still chooses just to dress okay. Even And, Oprah, if you ever listen to this, you never know. Oprah might be listening to the spiritual homegirl, okay? But Oprah... Even when she was doing Wrinkle in Time, she didn't have some $10,000 dress or $10 million dress. She, I mean, I don't know how much that dress was. Let me shut up. But the dress wasn't, like, over the top. It, was it wasn't nice. flossy. It was great on her. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't stunt. She just, she glowed. She wore something that flattered her body, but she didn't just show off all her billions of dollars. And let me tell you something. Sometimes... Like, when I think about that I met Oprah, I don't think about, ooh, I was right next to a billionaire. A lot of people bring that up to me. And I and all I keep saying is, wow, I got to meet the essence of Oprah, you know, like her true essence. Even if it was a short amount of time, I got to, re- I got to be in the room and meet the human side of her and hear her talk and hear her speak. And just, you know, after a while, when you're in a room with her for, like, 30 minutes to, like, 45 minutes, you know, you know that's Oprah, but she's human. She's not doing something 
spectacular. It's not no glitter coming out of her hands or something like that. She's not having rays and it's nothing spectacular happening with her. She's speaking like how me and you speak. It's just that she got a lot more money and a bigger platform and a whole bunch of know her, you know, and so she's put on a pedestal, which is great because she built that pedestal from nothing. But like I tell people, um, Oprah meeting her like, and I'm not going to lie, I get why people do over-idolize her because it's like, it's for, especially for black people, because she's somebody that came from the color purple, you know, you told Harpo to beat me, you know, like, and now she's this multi-billionaire, the first black billionaire in America, you know, this is, it's amazing what she has done for herself, but she's human, and it just, like I said, her energy and her essence, it just inspires me that, you know what? I want to have this manifestation and essence like Oprah. I may not want to be a billionaire. Like, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what I would do with a billion dollars. But I just want to be able to manifest what I want. I want to live the life I want, like her tour that she had in 2014. I want to live the life I want and live freely. And, again, it's great that I met Oprah, but my life still goes on. I still got goals I got to accomplish. I still got bills I got to pay. Sally Mae, I still owe you some money, girl. You know, Oprah did not tell me when I took the selfie, she's taking care of my loans and all of my debts, and, girl, you are free. And that's what people have been treating me like. Like, you met Oprah. Oh, my God. And then here's another thing, Marie, Maria, people have been telling me, oh, my God, you have been doing so well. Well, they're basically saying that I'm doing well because I brush shoulders with Oprah. And I actually get kind of offended because I feel like, oh, because I met Oprah, you think I'm doing well? What have I been doing these five years before I met Oprah? Like, you know, did you ever read a blog post of mine? Or did you really, you know, see what I was doing before I met Oprah? Because Oprah, yes, it's great. I did manifest that. And I did say I'd be on the right path if I met Oprah. But Oprah did not, you know, make me who I am as a blogger. You know what I'm saying? And me meeting her... It's not going to make me – yes, she's going to give me some accolades. I'm definitely putting that on my, you know, my press kit. I sent that to you. But um, I'm definitely going to highlight that I, you know, was in contact with her. And thanks to Disney, I got to do her movie and the press around her movie. But other than that, no, I still have to work. And even, like I said about Miss Jessie, yes, Miss Jessie put me on Billboard. She put me on, like, several magazines and had my face everywhere and then people – knew my blog and associated me with Miss Jessie, but I still had to work after all that, after the billboards were gone and after the magazine spreads were gone and, you know, the recognition faded away a little bit. I still had to work, and it's the same thing that's going to happen with Oprah. After the hype dies down that I met Oprah, it'll be like three, four, six months ago, six months from now and a year from now, and everybody's going to remember that I met Oprah, but my my brand still has to go on with me, not because I met Oprah. So that's why I'm stressing that it's, great that I met Oprah and I appreciate the essence but no she's still human and I still got to grind for my brand but I am grateful that I was able to manifest her for sure so that's facts I'm glad you uh you kicked it that way too now moving from Oprah because again that's not the only reason why we interviewed here what Mm -hmm. else do you have going on in the works wow well here's the thing um, Maria, I'm still actually working on that, but of course, more traveling. That's really my heart right now. Like that's what I've been really truly manifesting. Besides these celebrities, because remember, we started the, the, this um, this conversation with you know how did we meet? We met you know in a media classroom, and 
you know, me thinking I was going to be an actress, to me going to public relations, to me being a journalist, to me getting all these cool opportunities and meeting celebs and writing for different publications and writing for myself and doing all this stuff with writing. But, you know, traveling has just been my thing for the last um, almost three years. And so I can't say everything, of course, because then, you know, there would be nothing to aspire what's next for me. I have to manifest those things first. I haven't manifested everything I wanted to do this year. This year is so early, but definitely just building on this key with the beauty brand. And uh, and I did kind of um, foreshadow this into my intro that um, not only am I a travel blogger, lifestyle blogger, media blogger, but I want to add holistic beauty and wellness to my brand as well. Now that has been a progress process because, you know, I blog about so much stuff, but I'm really serious about that. Like I'm getting more, on my spiritual journey, I think that's why me and you are connecting more because we're both kind of going on this spiritual path. And some people just don't get it. I know everybody out here who's listening, and I know, Maria, you, Maria, you know this too, that, you know, you go on a certain spiritual path, people start looking at you crazy or people just think that you're just being weird or, you know, whatever, going on some woo-woo stuff. And I don't care, you know, because at this point, the way this world is going, the way this universe is going, people are either stuck on a hamster wheel or they're evolving, or they're stuck. And I'm not going to be on anybody's hamster wheel, and I'm not going to be stuck. So my journey is evolving, and that's including just things on a spiritual level. So I just think that's why I'm drawn to traveling, because I'm traveling to places that enhances the spiritual enrichment. And maybe that's going to help me um, do more of my Kiwi, the beauty brand, as far as my holistic wellness and beauty stuff. So stay tuned for that, for sure. I don't have everything, all the kinks worked out, but I do have a name for it. But as soon as I get that launched and off the ground, I will definitely be sharing more of that. But in the meantime, I'm still going to be doing what I've been doing over the last five years. It'll be lifestyle blogging stuff, more travel, more media. Shoot, who do I meet now after I met Oprah? Everybody's asking me, you don't met Oprah. Who else do you meet? I also met Kobe Bryant that night. Okay, that's what I'm saying, this manifestation stuff. So I met Oprah and Kobe Bryant in the same night. I don't know who else is there for me to meet. Oh, Rihanna. I got to manifest Rihanna. <laughs> so um, somehow manifesting Rihanna is in the works this year. So hopefully you can bring me back on the show and I can tell you how I manifested Rihanna. But other than that, I'm just um, growing my brand like how I've been doing. And like I said, trying to get my holistic and metaphysical and wellness um, aspect of my brand to all merge together with me as well. So that's what's in the future. So it sounds like Key with the Beauty is going to be putting in work for her brand yeah. and doing what she <laughs> loves and manifesting more great things for her career. Absolutely. Just, yes, and trying to just master manifest all those things. But that's dope. Now, how can people get in touch with you? I made it so simple. So social media is everybody's <laughs> favorite platform. So everything, you can find me everywhere, every, well, almost everywhere because I'm not on every platform, but I'm on most of the important ones. So Kiwi to Beauty is on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube. Those are like the top ones. And it's just Kiwi to Beauty if you search me on any of those social platforms. If you want to email me, it's at Kiwi to Beauty at gmail.com. Um, write me an email if you want to collaborate or just want to even learn more about I always tell people, just hit me up on some metaphysical stuff if you want. Talk about life. I think people forget the art of just talking about life. So anybody want to hit me up on just 
opportunities, learn more about blogging, or just talk about some deep stuff, that'll probably get my attention for me to open up the email. Um, but yeah, <laughs> social media everywhere, just Kiwi the Beauty, K I W I T H E B E A U T Y. And of course, my website, if you just want to follow along of what I'm doing, um, KiwiTheBeauty.com is my website. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it straight from Kishana Durham, otherwise known as Kiwi the Beauty. And that was this week's episode with Kiwi the Beauty. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope that you guys understood that it was not about meeting Oprah. What it was was about manifestation and, and really putting your mind to things and putting in the work on top of other things. I mean, yeah, you know, Kiwi, like like you heard her say, you know, Oprah's not Jesus. You feel me? Like she's a human being like everyone else. But it's just about the power of knowing that you can put yourself in, you know, favorable situations or successful positions or, you know, receive major accomplishments by not only believing in and using that power of manifestation, but putting forth that action and putting in that work. And that's what um, can definitely make the difference between, you know, as my father would say, hopes and dreams and ways and means, you feel me? So with that being said, if you want to find me, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.com. And I'm saying it with emphasis because we got our website back up and running. We got our stuff together, y'all. It was a project, but I have everything updated. All podcast episodes updated. Got my recipes up there. Got my homegirl bowl with my king oyster mushrooms and my mango avocado salsa up there. Some of y'all asked me about how I cook my food and, you know, what it's like to eat plant-based or vegan. And I'm basically letting you all in my kitchen by posting some of my recipes um, every so often. The, the interesting thing is I actually graduated from the culinary school of uh, mama and them, meaning my mama was a professor at this culinary school and my grandmother was the dean. So basically, I was a little girl shucking peas at five, six years old. Then I upgraded myself to tearing greens off of the stems. Then after that, I got to look at granny, you know, um, or my grandfather gut the fish after they would catch them fresh. Um, then I upgraded to seasoning chicken you know, in bulk. Then I upgraded to, you know, actually being able to stir the mac and cheese once everything was together. And then I eventually started learning my grandma's recipes, my mama's recipes, and start making the, um, the dressing and um, the barbecue sauce and things from scratch. So, and the pies, the sweet potato pies. So I learned a lot in this culinary school. And it was a culinary school that ain't had no recipes. It was just a sprinkle of this, a dash of that, a pinch of that. You eye it, you look at it, you modify your season it takes you to do a little more if it don't work and you fix it if it's wrong and you make it do what it do and everybody loves it so from my perspective um, my culinary school training <laughs> is anything but formal so with that being said how I get down in the kitchen is a reflection of that it's a lot of love it's a lot of intuition and just knowing so um, I try to slow down and make some recipe like measurements so um, i Got it as approximate as I could. I'm heavy-handed with the seasoning, so I kept it a little light this episode. Uh, not this episode, <laughs> this recipe. So definitely check that out. If you try the homegirl bowl with mango salsa, please take a picture and tag me in it. I want to see. I want to see how it turns out for you. I also got a recipe for a real easy uh, cilantro quinoa. Um, sometimes people think that vegan and plant-based food got to be so complicated, and sometimes it's, it, it can be, you know, but... It's also just a mixture of flavors, you know, like sometimes people say, oh, well, that sounds complicated. No, it's simple as quinoa, mushrooms, salsa, 
that's it. And if you don't know your way around the kitchen, my recipes are very functional. I will get you right, I promise. One of my recipe, um, I think this this one actually says, you know, take your mushrooms off of the stove, like off the eye when it's warm. Like if you still turn off the the uh, temperature on the eye, take your pan off of that eye and put it on a pan that's not warm. Because if it's still warm, you're going to cook your mushrooms up too much and it's going to be overcooked and it's going to be rubbery. So I got you. I try to make my recipes as functional as possible so anybody with any type of kitchen experience can do it. So I hope you guys check it out and let me know what you think. Also, I have my video diary. We are on day number 15. 15 days of just YouTube randomness about my life. And I have not been putting that on social media because I just didn't want to oversaturate myself. So when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, you'll get it on YouTube. I normally um, keep... I'm opinionated on social media, but, you know, if you're looking for an opinion, you're going to find it on YouTube. So definitely subscribe to my video diary, um, or you can find it on spiritualhomegirl.com and subscribe from there. And what else do I have there? Also, I have random blog posts. So if I'm not, you know, videoing my thoughts, I'm definitely writing them down. So this is more, it's, it's basically getting back to basics. At the end of the day, spiritualhomegirl.com is my site, and I need to continue to remain consistent to make it functional for people that want to go in and know more about what Spiritual Homegirl is about. And if they want to know about myself, they can. If they want to know what I'm into, they can. Whether it's music posts of mine or playlists or recipes. Like, I just wanted to be a one-stop shop. Speaking of shop, I also have workbooks for Make Peace with the Day. I have a couple of extras as well as aromatherapy roll-ons of my special blend um, that I did for the workshop with Dr. Giselle Cunningham a couple of weeks ago. And I also have the inhalers, too. Some of y'all been asking me about the inhalers. So definitely check out spiritualhomegirl.com. Go to forward slash shop or just click the shop tab and you'll see what I have. Um, it's in limited amounts. I'm not really doing it the super, you know. You know, if you want them, they're there. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that's going on with me? Oh, yeah, yeah. So this whole March Madness thing, right? March Madness is indeed madness. So much so that I went ahead and moved Yoga 101 back to May. I just felt like with, um, and I want y'all thinking I podcast for a living all day because I don't. I'm just like you. Like I always say, I have a day job. And um, that requires a good bit of my time for the week. And then combined with um, doing spiritual homegirl and events and shows and and aromatherapy class and astrology studies and a lot of things that I do. I'm very, very, very busy. And I think self-care and knowing when to take a step back or when to move things is um, very important. So I decided to move Yoga 101 with Miniature Yogi back to May 12th. That's a Saturday from 2 to 4. It's going to be at Cosmic Energy Fitness Studio, same place. The first 20 will still get a free Yoga 101 t-shirt because I am a woman of my word. And that was going to be a thing anyway. So definitely you can go to spiritualhomegirl.com forward slash shop to get in where you fit in with those. It'll still come with a sun, moon, ascendant reading by myself as well as a one-hour session and Q&A with Dre from Miniature Yogi. So um, Chef Babette, which was last last week's interview uh, from episode 50, she's going to be in Atlanta and let's see about, what's today, the 15th? She'll be in town actually in about eight, nine, ten days or so. And she will be around the city. Stay tuned to Spiritual Homegirl on social media to know where exactly she's going to be. She's going to do something. I don't want to spoil the uh, spill, spoil the surprise or spill the beans just yet. But she's definitely going to be doing something in the city of Atlanta um, 
this upcoming oh no i'm sorry the weekend after this upcoming weekend so that'd be the weekend of the 24th and 25th so um if you haven't turned on post notifications for instagram or facebook or twitter please do so especially instagram um i'll definitely let you guys know for sure um what's going on as well as remind you guys um in next next week's episode so but that's all um tonight's reflection y'all don't know if you guys notice but usually it's always something that's on my heart by the time I'm done with the um, the episodes, but um, I just wanted to reflect the importance or on the importance of having peace. Peace is very important. I know that sounds really uh, I know that sounds really cliche, or uh, like you know, duh. But peace is hard to attain when you don't know what it feels like. When you're used to ripping and running, and you're always on the go, and your mind is always working, and you can't sleep because you can't sit still, and you can't be quiet, it leads to a lot of clutter. And sometimes people find solace in being busy, but I don't know if that, and I know for me, I can't even speak for everybody else, but for me, it doesn't translate into peace. It translates into an easy way to um, be distracted. Or to find a way to ignore things that you probably should be paying attention to. You can feel that in whatever you feel. Because um, I know for me, if I'm grieving, whether it's a death of an actual physical person or a death of a union or just, you know, a stress, I will jump into work way more. And, you know, it's, it's easier to not sit still because when you sit still, you got to sit, you got to think. Sometimes, at least it's still enough to think, yo, like, I, I'm doing a lot right now, or maybe I'm not doing enough right now, or maybe I'm covering something up. So sitting still, once you actually get some, like, some, some peace, like, in terms of, like, quiet, it forces you to kind of confront some of the things you've been BSing on because you're so busy. So I know I'm sounding long-winded, but I'm saying all to say that sometimes sitting still can lead us to peace it's okay to stop and take a break whether it's from your friends whether it's from your family your boo your you know anybody else co-workers if you're cool with them social media if you got to and it's okay to find solace within yourself it's okay to find solace in silence it's okay to find solace and some of the things that you think that you might have thought you repressed, but they come up to the surface, almost like a pimple. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's okay to, like, confront those. It's okay to accept that, you know, these are coming to the surface. And it's okay to sit in whatever emotion that you feel because apparently it was meant for you to feel. You might have been pushing it down. It's almost like trying to push down a balloon. You can push down a balloon all day, but it's going to always float back up. And it's okay. Don't fight what's, what's trying to come up, you know? And I think once we confront that and we accept that and we embrace that and we take whatever it is and we move forward from it, that can help us find peace. So for those who are struggling to find some type of peace, I just want to let you know it's okay to feel how you feel and it's okay to sit and it's okay to grieve and it's okay to cry and it's okay to feel. It, honestly, it's okay to feel low sometimes because everything ain't always high, high, high. I feel like life is a series of peaks and valleys and sometimes you're going to have your valley moments, you know what I mean? And it's okay. But as long as you can learn from your valley moments and get back up to getting to peak moments, then I feel like that's that's a part of the process, you know? Having peace is being, for me, again, for me, 
having peace is being able to accept the peaks and the valleys and know at the end of the day it's a part of the journey and it's always something to learn and you're going to grow even more from it so for those that are going through something i just wanted to give y'all a bit of encouragement but that's it y'all this has been another episode of the spiritual homegirl podcast my name is maria and remember trust the journey and trust yourself peace